Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. back with another live episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, Happy New Year, and New 49ers year. are the number one seed. How are you? Uh, I am sensational. Wasn't Sunday just like the best freaking day like we've had in a really long time? It, it certainly felt like that. And then Monday, you know, the first day of the year is a victory Monday. How about that? Ah, so good. And especially the way it happened, too. It's like right after the 49ers won, we got to sit and laugh at the Eagles again. It's just it's just a perfect way to end the season. New Year's Eve, before the ball drops, the Eagles drop the ball, and then the San Francisco 49ers end up being the, the NFC the NFC leader. And I, I sent out a tweet sarcastically, but I think this is kind of true. I was like, you know, I, I tagged the Arizona Cardinals, and I said for once – can you please have a big win in your franchise's history? And they got it. So congrats <laughs> to the Arizona Cardinals. Congrats to the San Francisco 49ers, more importantly. Steph, react. Yeah, there was a couple times watching that score because I don't, I couldn't watch either game live, but I was following on Twitter and, of course, following what was going on between the Cardinals and the Eagles. And I know at one point we were feeling like, uh, it's probably not going to happen. You know, the Eagles got up kind of early in that game. You know, they had to pick six and everything. And so I think we were just ready to accept the fate at that point. But then the unexpected happened and it became a close game. And I mean, you saw the reactions of the players reacting to it. I thought that was a really cool moment. They're just like us for real. 
And that's pretty much like how we were all reacting to, you know, the situation and the unlikeliness of it all. And, it, you know, it, the football gods are, are are fans of the 49ers, I guess. Yeah, it just gives us another opportunity to laugh at Philadelphia, who are just in absolute shambles. I mean, they are just not a good team right now. They're, They're just not. They're they are not well. Sirianni. Right. I mean, I, I think he should already. be. I mean, it starts with them. It starts with him. Um, And, you know, I guess the football gods are not Rocky Balboa. But the... <laughs> The thing about the thing about this that's so important, right, is we actually have in this Washington game a Christian McCaffrey injury. We're obviously waiting for word on Eric Armstead. We've got Javon Hargrave nursing a hamstring. And now the San Francisco 49ers don't have to do anything this week. They can do whatever they want. It's their world, right? Like it's it's you can play the guys for a quarter, play them for a half, don't play them at all. Uh, but the 49ers won't be playing a meaningful game for another two weeks. And that'll be in the divisional game, which, by the way, anybody trying to look for tickets to that game, I hope you're taking out a second mortgage for your home because, my goodness gracious. I mean, I've been to an NFC Championship game in which I've almost paid $1,000. Um, but, man, that is an absurd uh, – how does ticket in town? Let's just say that. Uh, let's just yeah. say that. But the 49ers are not leaving the, the West Coast. Again, they're not. And now the question becomes – what do they do in this regular season game now? We obviously know Christian McCaffrey is not going to play, but there has to be a little bit of a balance between rust and rest. And at what point do you say, hey, we need you to get some some work in, you know, keep yourself sharp, and then we can get you, you know, into the bye week and everything as well too. Jair Brown's another guy who can use another week to, to get healthy for the playoffs as well too. But Steph, like that fine line between rust and rest, I don't envy being the decision makers, because I, I think you put out a, a brilliant uh, tweet in which you said, I don't, I'm not good with numbers, but not every single player can not play. Right. And it's just like, yes, there's only so many football players that can play. And I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy with what Kyle Shanahan does in this game. Right. Why is he in here? Well, why is he in here? Well, <laughs> there's not enough football players. There's not enough football players. I mean, if I had my way, right, Steph, uh, bench everybody. And, and in fact, Kyle should get benched too. He shouldn't even coach either. Everybody needs another extra week, right, Steph? Yeah, I mean, you know why I tweeted that, right? Because I'm just getting of ahead of, of all the people, all the outrage that I'm going to see inevitably, you know, next Sunday when everyone's like, why is he out there? One player, you know, maybe slow to get up. He shouldn't be out there. All the outrage, right? I was just trying to get ready for it. And I said, yeah. like, it's mathematically impossible to rest every starter like it is you yep. need 48 players to dress for game day at least 22 players have to get snaps a few more if you add like special teams players and all that so again it's just mathematically impossible to rest everyone the trenches for example where you have five guys on the line you don't have five different healthy o-linemen or five different reserve players on the roster that you can all swap them with you just don't so um and people bring up, well, can't you bring up guys from the practice squad? Well, yeah, but you can only bring up two guys a game from the practice squad. So you have to be selective. And you have to think about, okay, what positions do I want? You know, because you only get two. So, yeah, I don't envy Kyle Shanahan at all with this decision. He definitely has to think about, okay, who needs this rest? Obviously, 
guys who are dealing with injury, Jair Brown, Ambry Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, those are the obvious ones, right? But then you have other obvious ones that for the players that they are, you know, you want to rest those guys. Trent Williams, you know, perhaps that's definitely an option. And Kyle was asked about this yesterday when he spoke with the media and he said, quote, not as many players as you would think, um, you know, are going to be resting. It it really is a hard thing to do, and it's not always the best thing to do, too. So we're going to take everything into account. And he's right about that. Like, you're not just weighing the risk of injury. You're also weighing, okay, can we afford to rest this player for two weeks? Will it do more harm than good? Is it going to make them rusty in the divisional round game, right? That's something you don't want. Kyle also mentioned how it can change practice habits. Like guys know they're not going to play. Okay. I'm not just not going to practice very hard. And then that could develop and trickle into the following week, right? Bad habits. And you know how much Kyle loves practice. So it isn't as easy as us head coaching from our couch want to make it seem right. So that's why Kyle is going to talk to the coaches, players think on it. it. It's a tough decision. So, um, Whatever he decides, I'm going to be like, okay, Kyle, like clearly you think that's right for the team and we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. And then you have to think about some of the guys that haven't been playing, right? Like Jawan Jennings is going to show up. You want him to ramp up yeah. a little bit because he's yeah. been missing on third down, it feels like. So you want to get him ramped up for this game as well, too. But you also want to get him ramped up with his quarterback, not the backup, right? Like you want to make sure that that, that connection is still there as well, too. So it's a, it's a fine line to walk with this whole resting, right? Like it's just, it's yeah. not as easy as, well, just give them two weeks off and they'll be ready to roll. No, you cannot afford to slip up in the divisional game and have a, a quarter or two of rust, right? Like it doesn't matter who the opponent is because that's when you find yourself in a hairy situation. Now, if you're sharp and you're ready to go, I do believe in being hot. And this is what Fred Warner was talking about in that quote mm-hmm. that, that was like floating around about the number one seed. He wasn't saying that he doesn't care about the number one seed. He was saying that you can have the number one seed and not be playing your best football and get bounced. And he wanted to play his best football, he was saying. And I think that is very valid as well, too. So there is a very fine line with this. I don't envy this position that Kyle Shanahan's in. But you have to trust in him to to get it done. I mean, this is, again, they've ticked all the boxes for the regular season uh, awards, whatever it is, uh, um, goals, I should say, that they wanted. So this is another good thing, right? But. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out to see who plays, but yeah, can't wait for, uh, I can't wait for Juwan Jennings to like limp off the field. Why is he playing? He has to play. There's not that many receivers. Like it's just, it's, it, he has to play. So, you know, just brace yourself for that. Um, just a little bit. This feels like there's going to be no perfect way to handle this. And there's people are still going to be upset one way or another, but let's talk about this Washington game. So I'll be honest, F we didn't do a show before. But if we did and we were talking about this Washington, Washington game, I would have said Niners by 300. Um, this is a team that is in shambles. I mean, they literally just gave up 27 points to Trevor Simeon and the New York Jets. Um, they have no starting cornerbacks. I mean, Benjamin St. Juice is out. Um, you know, our old buddy Tariq Castro Fields had to start and he left in this game. And it's just like, man, the commanders. They're in trouble. Right. And Brissett's starting. No, wait, Brissett's not starting. Sam Howell's starting. Oh, yeah. Niners by a million. That this one was a little bit of a struggle. It wasn't always pretty the whole time. And uh, a lot of people were a little bit nervous during this game for a little while. And that's totally understandable. And again, me watching, like not watching the game live, but checking people's tweets and then watching the game over, you know, later in the day, 
I was expecting like a terrible first half, which it wasn't even like a terrible first half from the 49ers, mm. but obviously they left points up on the board. You know, they let the commanders score and the game was close going into the half. Uh, but you see what happened after halftime and the 49ers really locked in and said, guys, let's go out and just win this game. And then, you know, yeah. they, they pretty much could just decide when they want to turn it on. Right. Um, and I kind of felt like going into the game, that's kind of how both teams felt like it felt like the commanders expected to lose the game. And it felt like the 49ers expected to win the game, like no matter what happened. Right. So I, I feel like it was light work for the 49ers and they were just trying to, you know, okay, let's get this monkey off our back the previous week, dust it off our shoulders a little bit and let's just get out of here with the win and, and not any more injuries. Right. So it just felt like, a game where they, you know, I don't want to say they didn't try too hard, but I think we know it could have been a little, you know, like like you said, it should have been Niners by a million, right? Uh, so I don't know. I I think they were just trying to get out of there with a win. Um, and I I just will say about Brock Purdy, like it felt like he wasn't trying to do too much. He was just taking what the defense was giving him, but not in the like overly aggressive way. So I feel like we saw slightly different Brock than maybe we saw the previous week, clearly like not talking about the interceptions, but just talking from uh, the standpoint of his aggressiveness and, and pushing the ball downfield. Like I felt like he was a little more, you know, I don't have to get the big play here. I could just, you know, get this check down and just moving the ball that way and executing. Cause that's what he said he needed to work on after that. Um, after all the picks in, in the Ravens game, it was just like, you know, I kind of lost my way and I wasn't really executing. So it felt like this week he was just focused on simply executing. Yeah. And, and the offense wasn't exactly, it wasn't that it was bad. It was just in the red zone. Right. They were leaving the points up. Right. And yeah. I think uh, there's that, there's that incompletion of juice, which he falls down, but that ball was a dot. Like Purdy yeah. put it right where it needed to be, man. It was so good. But I think the concerning part wasn't necessarily that they weren't moving the ball. It's just you got to finish down there. And and mm -hmm. and that's just the bottom line. I mean, the 49ers have been very efficient in the red zone, but you can't you can't do that in the playoffs, right? Again, so and then you're looking at the opponent and it makes people a little bit nervous. Like, okay, look, it's an inferior opponent and you're having trouble in the red zone. Is this gonna be it's it's probably a one game, one game off thing. Like it's not something that I would be necessarily concerned about. The way that I'm choosing to view it is you know, again, the 49ers haven't found ways to win games other than blowouts, really, at this point. And this one kind of felt muddy, right? Kind of felt a little bit weird. Um, things weren't exactly clicking the right way. And, you know, it, that was kind of encouraging to see them be able to say, like you said, all right, let's stop this out and let's finish this now. Like, let's get it done. And, you know, Mooney Ward gets an interception. The, uh, Lenore gets an interception. Lenore almost had two, man. I was very mm -hmm. shocked that he didn't get that second foot, that second yeah. foot down, man. And then you think about... Christian McCaffrey not being in this game uh, for large stretches. I got to say the biggest thing that I walked out away impressed with is Elijah Mitchell back. He's all the way back, man. He's all the way. Back. Wow. <laughs> hey, that was the best he's looked since his rookie year. Mm, Seriously. Yeah. That was the best he's looked since his rookie year. I mean, it's so nice to know that if he was pressed into duty and, and he's going to get his shot this week again to continue rolling, that maybe – maybe Christian McCaffrey doesn't have to be on the field all the time, or maybe Christian McCaffrey can be split out wide and you can have Elijah Mitchell. This can kind of really open things up a little bit more if you can start to rely on him, but it's really nice to see Elijah Mitchell get back in the mix because you know, the, the injuries and, and even when he's been there, he's looked less than explosive. 
But that's the best he's looked since his rookie year. And, and you know, I think when he scored the touchdown, which was his first since, what, week 17 of last season or something like that, mm-hmm. I believe, um, they, uh, George Kittle was pretty excited. So I think these guys remember, you know, Elijah Mitchell was the, the rookie. He broke the rookie record for rushing. Like, they – they pull for this guy, right? Like, so I, I think it was pretty cool to see him get back in there. So, you know, I, I, I think that's impressive. And I think that was something that I walked away with. Yeah, everyone, you know, gets really frustrated about Elijah Mitchell. And, man, like, he's always hurt. You know, why is he continue to get opportunities? Put Jordan Mason in there. But then you see Elijah Mitchell, when he's healthy and he gets his opportunity, he's a really good back. And that's the reason that he gets uh, you know, his opportunity among other things. Uh, but the fact that McCaffrey had to leave this game, the fact that it was Mitchell's first game back after, you know, multi-week absence, and he was able to put up 80 yards and 4.7 yards per attempt is, you know, that that's impressive and, and it's good to see um, because, yeah, they're going to need that next week. Hopefully they can use that in the playoffs as well. Um, and, yeah, guys, guys like Elijah Mitchell, they pull for him. Um, I'm happy for him. It seemed like the 49ers were maybe playing it safe and in keeping him out as much as he did and just trying to get him to 100%. Like, we don't we don't need to rush you back. Let's get you to 100%. He looked like he was 100% on Sunday, and those are the results you get. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing going into the playoffs uh, just because, you know, we never know what's going to happen. I know, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is going to have two weeks off, but Elijah Mitchell being able to be a one-two punch and and kind of give McCaffrey a, a lighter load, it, it would be it would be huge. It really would. So that that's something that was really encouraging coming out of this game. Something else that's very encouraging is that Brandon Ayuk is fucking good at football, man. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I say that out loud. Um, another hundred-yard game. Um, I think there we we talked about it right. Like Brandon Ayuk, we are we knew was always open, but this thing has been unlocked with Brock Purdy. Like, it's just, it's completely different. Like, their rapport is so different. And, you know, he talked about it. I love doing scramble scramble drill. I love doing it with BA. That connection is so, is so perfect right now, right? And, and that that deep ball, man, what a dime, man, uh, right to Brandon Ayuk. And, I mean, obviously, he had the long one in Tampa Bay. But, you know, everybody talks about Brandon Ayuk getting him paid. I think Brock Purdy's getting Brandon Ayuk paid too because of the report that they had, right? Like he's always been this open. He just had, didn't have somebody getting the ball to him um, or putting him in a spot where he can make a play. Now he does. I think, you know, Brandon Ayuk owes Brock Purdy a little bit of money. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I mean, and I, I think Brandon Ayuk feels the same way, right? Because he got over 1,300 yards on the season and he posted a picture um, to, I guess, like celebrate, commemorate that with a picture of Brock Purdy, because Brock Purdy's number 13, and he added two zeros at the end. So to me, that was a little, you know, symbolic, uh, giving some props to his quarterback as well. And yeah, they have great connection, especially on those scramble drills, like you mentioned. And I think that's something that has always been there with these two this season, like watching the All-22 and watching like all those times that Purdy does escape the pocket, you see Ayuk like move to where his quarterback is going to make sure that he's in good position. And that one touchdown uh, that they had, you know, Brock Purdy told him to move the other way. Okay. Like I appreciate you going that way, but go this way. And they got that touchdown and it was, it was really great to see. I really enjoyed watching that from the all 22 angle. Cause yeah. you can see how quickly Brandon Ayuk reacts to it. Like, a lot of people in the comments are like, he stopped on a dime. Yeah, he did, man. And that's oh. just the the type of 
receiver that he is and the type of movement that he has and why he's open as often as he is. And you mentioned another 100-plus game for him. That's the seventh of the season. He tied Jerry Rice uh, for third most such games in a season in franchise history. Uh, so B.A. is going to get a bag this season and he or this offseason. He definitely deserves it. Seeing a San Francisco 49ers quarterback point and have it be and have it be good. <laughs> Zoom in, Rob. Zoom in. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Rob. Oh, a, like, an image. It's just, you know what's what's so funny is that Jimmy's pointing and he literally just throws it out of bounds. Like, and it's just like, what were you pointing to and where are you trying to send so much? He's pointing so high. Like, where where is this ball going? Like, dude looks like he's doing like a little disco move. Like, yeah, that's what I was gonna just... say. Jimmy's dancing. Jimmy's dancing out there. That's not. He's not like. Don't get on him. Like, he's hearing uh, a Saturday Night Fever right there. Like, he's dancing. That's what Jimmy does. And uh, but yeah. They, a little bit, a uh, little bit traumatic, right? Like you know, I saw Brock Point, and I was like, "Uh oh!" And then, and I was like, "Hey, touchdown!" I was like, "So that's allowed?" Uh, sorry, I, I don't want to like crap on Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think that's funny, man. Was panicking at the disco. Thank you, Rory. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. So yeah, again, uh, no real injuries out of this game. Um, I did want to ask you this actually. Aaron Banks was active, but did mm-hmm. not play. Um, that kind of felt like more of an emergency move more than anything, I would say, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. But at the same time, I think Aaron Banks or Burford, like, they're kind of maybe falling out of favor, um, you know, for John Feliciano instead, because Feliciano has been solid when he's, you know, been in there due to those guys' injuries. And so, I don't know, maybe a less than 100% Aaron Banks wasn't exactly enticing to the 49ers to have out there. And John Feliciano, who's been solid, especially on that left side, uh, you know, they they probably felt like that would be a better move in this game. It's going to be interesting how that goes, you know, in the playoffs, because I think they've experimented enough with having Feliciano there. I think they like him. And so, you know, do they make that decision to just continue to start him in the playoffs? I don't know, but I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and the funny part is Washington's strength is interior with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, right? So it, it kind of was funny to see them go with it. And and Feliciano has played well. I think I think I think Burford's the one that's more in trouble. I would I would say, you know, because it does seem like Aaron Banks played some special team snaps at least. But I think Burford's the one that's a little bit more in trouble just because he struggled mightily this season. Um, and you know, everybody looks at Colin McKivitz, but man, uh, you know, Burford's had his struggles as well too. Feliciano, you know, is a, is a professional, right? And and he's yeah. he's played very well. You know, there's been games where he's had clean sheets. Um, there's games where he's given up pressures, but that's the nature of being an offensive lineman. You're never gonna have a clean a clean sheet for the rest of the season, right? So, um, yeah, I do think that it's probably it's probably Burford more than anything than with Banks. I just think maybe like the way that I'm viewing it is that they were looking at Aaron Banks saying, you know, you're healthy enough to suit up, but we don't want to have you out there, you know, for right now. We can get by, and they they were able to do it. So, I mean, who's to argue with that? But we're going to see. That's going to be pretty interesting to see going forward. And I think that's one underlying, like, I guess, topic going into, into the playoffs is the, the offensive line. Like, what what yeah. is this going to look like? Obviously, Brendel and, and Williams are going to be there. Um, McKibbitt seems to be in there, but the gun the guard position is going to be really, really interesting to figure out. And I think that's going to be um, something to keep an eye on. I'm really interested to figure out, I think, especially with the opponent, whoever it may be, right? Like, yeah. do you feel comfortable with one guy over the other based on opponent? 
Um, I think that's going to be uh, pretty interesting to monitor. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't really look too much into it. I just figured, hey, he's kind of an emergency guy this week and he wasn't going to be ready. But I wanted to ask you about, is Mooney Ward an All-Pro? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Glad we could get that out answer. of the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. <laughs> I mean, he had, you know, a, some... he, had, he had a great game, yeah. right? Like, he, he allowed just two receptions. If I asked you, okay, like, he allowed two catches, how many yards do you think he allowed? And if I told you four, like, you would not believe that, right? Like, that's just a pretty low number. Um, and he also had the interception. I mean – Everyone talks about the interview he had on the Eric Armstead podcast. Like, man, he's he's called his number. He's called his game. And he, he's been uh, getting those interceptions as of late. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much solidified his all-pro um, this season. And I think a lot of us had seen it even before the interceptions started to fall and and, and he started to get those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's basically been a shutdown kind of guy for the 49ers this year, and that's been so valuable to this team so valuable um, because you see a lot of people are talking about the defensive line and oh like how are they not getting the quarterback and all this stuff and even so even with that maybe not being to the level that it has been the secondary has played really well and a lot of the reason for that is because of what Mooney Ward has been doing this season um, and so people panicking about the defense I only gave up 10 points. Like, what are we, what are we doing yeah. here, man? So, right. <laughs> um, but again, it, it goes back to Mooney Ward and what those guys are doing on the back end. And I, I think it'd be a completely different season, completely different year if those guys weren't holding it down like they are right now. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I saw so much criticism of the defense. Oh, they're soft. They're getting yeah, run all 10 points. 10 points. Ten points. <laughs> it was saying. like one drive that like they the the, the the I was gonna say the bad word that the commanders um you know ran well, right? Like it just I think it was because you're like, oh Sam Howell and how are they gonna get this done? It's like, you know, those guys get paid too, so give them credit, right? Like, but it's just funny to kind of watch the as always the emotions of like the game and just watch it through the timeline. It's just oh my god, they're soft, they're getting run all over. And it's like, dude, they had like no yards in the second half like they weren't doing anything with the football like let's settle in let's calm down right like let's settle down a little bit um but and, yeah this and game was and jay uh, what wasn't that like the second part of the second half adjustments were because of what mooney ward uh suggested right to steve wilkes some things to yeah. do yeah um i believe no, that that's something that he said that. uh and and that's the thing again too about being on the field. It wasn't necessarily anything about energy, but you want to be able to like get those adjustments on the fly and listen to your guys, right? Especially when he's been playing as well as he has. Like, hey, coach, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with. Let's change this up here. Um, you know, you're able to get all that feedback immediately. There's only one phone up to the booth, so it's it's good to have that interaction face to face, and it's good to you know look at the iPad or whatever it is, a Surface tablet, um, with them and and, and go through what they're seeing. So. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, for for everything that's happened this season, you know, obviously the season's over. You know, there's one more game left, but Steve Wilkes has done a really good job. Um, and I think that that is something that we should acknowledge because um, so many people wanted to hand him his, you know, walking papers, um, you know, a long, long time ago. But after the bye week, he fixed it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily all because of Chase Young. I think there was a lot of things schematically that he changed that were were great and the, one of them is allowing Mooney Ward to go ahead and travel with your your favorite mm -hmm. receiver and and yeah. that helps out a lot you know bringing in Embry Thomas um to the outside um getting Lenore back inside so I I think again we uh we got to give Steve Wilkes credit um with the way that this defense has played as well too so 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steph, I don't know. About this game, I think there's like nothing really else to discuss. Um, you know, 49 is just better. It was eventually going to wear them down. Um, I do want to talk about something a little funny because it wouldn't be <laughs> – David, thank you, man. I would. I want to be uh, – I want to talk about something a little funny because it wouldn't be 49ers land without something completely insane happening. Debo Samuel and Cam, Na- Cam Newton. We 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 got to talk about it. We uh, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. So, so for the uninitiated, Cam Newton. Um, after the Monday game against the Ravens, we didn't get to talk about it because we didn't do our show. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy's throwing interceptions. He posts the monocle gif, almost belaboring the point that he made about game manager for Brock Purdy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Debo Samuel goes on Up and Adams um show. Shout out to Kay Adams. Um goes on Up and Adams show because he has a he has a normal spot there and he's talking about hey Cam Newton, stop talking about my quarterback and stop texting my phone. And then Cam Newton sitting in the airport. And if you watch Cam Newton's videos, and I love Cam, by the way, uh, but I still think that I'm gonna get this joke off. If you watch Cam Newton's videos on mute, it's like he's delivering a message to Gotham to <laughs> to show uh, the Batman needs to reveal himself or he will unleash a fury on Gotham that is not known, you know, unknown, right? Like he looks like he's delivering like one of those messages like the Riddler would. Well, you um, know what it is, Jay? It's the those damn hats. It's the hat. It's the hat. Yeah, it's the hat. I mean, that huge feather is like you look like you're a Batman villain. Um, and he says, unless our dear Dark Knight stops me first, Rob says. Um, and then he says, stop the cap. I don't have your number. And then Debo goes into receipt mode and pulls up his his text. Now the text we all know how Cam Newton has put out Instagram posts, fonts. right? Like that yeah, that font's font. a little weird, mm-hmm. yeah. So that one's in there. So that's kind of a telltale. Like, hey, maybe that is Cam. Maybe you know because Cam writes that way. But it like switched Long mid text. Like it did. Yeah, it did. Long story short, right, a boy. Snapchat a Snapchat uh, screenshot comes out. Debo Samuel got catfished by people that had his number in South Carolina stuff. I say this, I say this, and I mean this. We are not the content creators. The San Francisco 49ers <laughs> are the content creators. We are two fishermen in a boat. The fish are flying in, and we're trying to whack as many with the oar as we can and keep them in. We can't even do it all because this team is insane. John Lynch likes a tweet in, in Nashville talking about leaving Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got to say something about, oh, I, I talked about it in church. No, he didn't. You definitely like that tweet. And it's just like <laughs> this team, it just never stops, Steph. Like what, like how do we how do we cover this team and and go through all the things that goes on with this team, man? Like it's just hilarious to me. I'm just appreciative because you don't even have to make things up. You don't even have nope. to like bend the truth a little bit, you nope. know, find things where they aren't there. Truth it's, is stranger than fiction there. anyway. Truth it, is stranger it, than fiction anyway. Look is, at this. Like you couldn't have made this up. 
yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, the stories just sort of write themselves. So, and, and there's no wonder that, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, do other fan bases have this many content creators or is it just the 49ers? <laughs> and I think it's just the 49ers because there's so much freaking content coming out of this team uh, right. for the obvious reasons of being a good team, but also just all the underlying stuff that we get yeah. uh, with from, from the fan base, from the players. It's great. It's nonstop. Who wouldn't love this? Yeah, I mean, the Houston Texans don't have things like this going on with them, right? I doubt they have that many content creators, right? Like, there's nothing going on with the Indianapolis Colts in which, like, Michael Pittman is getting catfished, like, right? Like, it's just, it's just nonstop, man. I'm just so appreciative that this team looks us out and wants to give us content nonstop as they have. Um, Appreciate you. Steph, I think, I think this is a good place to end this episode. Um, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you guys like this video, subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network, wherever you get your audio podcast, the YouTube channel. Um, make sure that you guys visit goldstandardniners.com as well, too. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. I just want to remind everybody, in the great words of Larry David, you cannot say Happy New Year after January 7th. Act accordingly. A statute of limitations is kind of run out on the new year. For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.